It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Episode 164 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting podcast network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you. Plenty to discuss this week in Knicks basketball and in the NBA at large. We have a Donovan Mitchell update. We also have the new schedule for 2022-2023. The Knicks will be playing on Christmas Day yet again. We'll touch on that, and there's plenty more. Trust me, we have a lot to get to, including James Dolan selling the Knicks? Yeah, that was brought up this week as well. My goodness, we're going to make up for the last few shows. I know that uh, recently a lot of people have been frustrated with the lack of items in the news cycle uh, as far as the NBA offseason and the Knicks offseason is concerned. People want stuff to happen with Kyrie, with KD, with Donovan Mitchell, There's some updates there now. We can touch on some of those, but there's plenty to get to. We will have a full show as we always do. My voice is a little shot. If you haven't, uh, (laughs) if you haven't picked up on that, um, long couple of days, frankly, uh, work has been, um, taking up a lot of time. Lately, and uh, that coupled with the fact that I have some friends in town for the next few days, a little bit of work, a little bit of play, well, actually a lot of work, which is always good, and uh, and some play, which is also a lot of fun as well. So just kind of managing that, but as we always say around here, we don't miss a week of the show. So let's get to it. Let's dive into really a, a bounty 
of news this week. Uh, we start, as we have to, of course, with a Donovan Mitchell update. We've been waiting for it for almost three weeks, if not a little bit longer. And the update is this. Shams of The Athletic reported on Tuesday that the Knicks and the Jazz have re-engaged in talks about a prospective trade for guard Donovan Mitchell per league sources. Uh, the interesting little bit of info here from Shams, and apparently this has been kind of in the works for the last couple of days, quote, and you can read this article, by the way, um, on postingandtoasting.com where we're keeping up with all of this stuff. The quote is, quote, had a fresh trade conversation within the past week about possible, potential, I should say, packages for Mitchell, end quote. Um, and then um, the Athletic also talked about, uh, this is from Tony Jones, about the Jazz not being interested in the inclusion of veteran Derek Rose in potential trade talks as well. Shams also made it pretty crystal clear that two other franchises that are in the mix for Donovan Mitchell, the Hornets and the Wizards, are still in the running to land Donovan Mitchell. And since Rudy Gobert has been traded, obviously the Jazz plan on making this happen. Uh, we will also touch on when the Knicks will play the Jazz, just in case this trade ends up happening. So the Knicks are getting back into trade talks. We knew this was going to happen it was only a matter of time, and the New York Knicks are trying now with all their might to figure out the best potential deal for Donovan Mitchell. We talked about what this team could potentially look like with Donovan Mitchell, uh, even without him at times, but it's looking more and more likely that this could happen. And obviously, it's going to be very exciting to see how these next few weeks turn out. And the only thing I'll say about it, because we, to be fair, we have talked about this quite a bit, even during the lulls when we have touched on other things. But I think the Knicks have to do this. I don't think they have to overpay. They don't have to bet against themselves. I think for the time being, I really think they've played this well. I, re I really do. And the Knicks, I, I think they know they're the, the lead dog here that they have a very good chance of figuring this out and getting a deal done, that they don't have to really go nuts here. This is a situation um, where the Knicks can really kind of hold their cards to the chest and see what Utah is willing to, to take and then figure it out from there. So... Really interesting. I think that this is a really, really positive thing because, again, there were some people, as it always is, this time of the year, getting very impatient. Why isn't the deal done? We haven't even heard that they're, you know, talking anymore, that the talks have stalled. You know, the word, the word stall really tends to get people revved up and they're not liking it. So this is a positive. This is the Knicks clearly having what the Jazz want. The Jazz have shipped around ideas. They've called everybody they can call, if not everybody, close to everybody they can call. They don't like what everybody else has. They know what the Knicks can offer. And they've picked up the phone, and they've called Leon Rose, and they said, all right, we've had our chance here to really look around. What do you say? And now they're discussing what that's going to look like. And... 
to be fair, the, 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 the Derek Rose note here, in my opinion, not relevant. I, I never expected the Utah Jazz to say, ah, I know what we can do now. Let's ask for Derek Rose. And that was never going to happen. Um, the Knicks, frankly, uh, would part ways with him, I think, if that would get the deal done. I think that's definitely not a question with all due respect to Derrick Rose and what he's done as a Nick. But I do think that, frankly, um, Utah doesn't need him. They don't want him. And I, I just, you know, I get that with trades like this, sometimes everybody can be on the table. But I just never figured Derrick Rose would be anywhere near the trade talks here. So, I mean, just it's basically confirming something that we were 99% sure about that Derrick Rose was not going to go the other way in a potential move for Donovan Mitchell. So that becomes something that doesn't need to be worried about. But I do think that nothing else has really changed. The Knicks have the best amount of prospects that want to make this move. We talked about last week how technically OKC has more picks available to them that they can make trades with. But in the end it really comes down to the simple fact that the Knicks want to do this, the Jazz like what they have to offer, and it's about now getting the deal done and the Knicks taking the next step to becoming a contender long-term in the Eastern Conference. It's funny, this this other, uh, I think this was, I'm not, not sure if this was a week ago or just around a week ago exactly, but... Recently, I think ESPN came out and said the Knicks were going to win 39 games next season. I believe the Knicks won 37 a year ago. I forget the exact record the Knicks had, actually. Let me quickly... I think the Knicks were 37 and 45, if I remember correctly. Um, and then and ESPN thinks they'll win two more games. That was a bit of a story this week, but I think the issue really comes down to the fact that that doesn't include Donovan Mitchell. And if the Knicks have, you know, an option here to get this done, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. I, I th- This was actually, and again, I'm doing this podcast very late, actually into the early morning on Friday because of all the work and, and, and hanging out with uh, family and friends I've been doing recently. Um, this just came across my feed moments ago. Apparently, uh, Donovan Mitchell was at Rucker Park on on Wednesday or on Thursday. So make of that what you will. Um, Donovan Mitchell is from New York. So that could have happened anyway. Um, we'll see. We will see what happens. Uh, I think Donovan Mitchell's from Elmsford, New York, if memory serves. So we'll see. I think in the in the grand scheme, this is exactly what Knicks fans would have wanted to hear. The Knicks and Jazz are back talking about the deal, and let's get this done and get Donovan Mitchell into a Nick uniform and see what happens next. Because again, and I've said this for the millionth time probably, um, this this was an off season that was very briefly off the rails. For about eight hours, from the time the Knicks traded their picks on draft night um, to the next morning, when I wrote the article that this could be one of the worst Knicks drafts of all time, if not the worst, if they don't get Jalen Brunson, they get Jalen Brunson, and now they could top it off 
by getting Donovan Mitchell, and it would be one of the best off-seasons in Knicks' recent history. I really can't think of another one where they've done this much to improve the team in one off-season. So we'll see if they can finish it off, they can get it done, and we will see the Knicks open up the season on October 19th at Memphis. What a matchup that that would end up being if the Knicks can get this deal done. Uh, one last little Mitchell note. I, I, I Somebody sent this to me. I think it was as a joke. Um, it was a text, so you never know if someone's actually being serious when they're sending you stuff like this. Apparently, Jerry Ferrara, who's a big Knicks fan, I think he was uh, on the show Entourage. I never really um, never watched the show, um, but I know he's a diehard Knicks fan. I think he played Turtle on the show. That's all I really know uh, about it. Jerry Ferrer, I think, listed some keys to the Knicks getting Donovan Mitchell. I'm not going to run through them, but he like laid out a plan to get the deal done and, and all this stuff. Um, hopefully, they just get it done. The Knicks ha- are in a great position to do it. They've had a great offseason so far. Make it phenomenal. Get one of the best players in the NBA and finish this thing off. And then we will see. Uh, how things look going into next season. Uh, very interesting. Very interesting. And we'll keep an eye on it. Maybe next week we'll have another update. It'll be interesting to see how it progresses. Uh, let's move on to the schedule since we kind of touched on the opening game of the season. Schedule talk is something I don't always love to do on this show. I know I, I do go through it from time to time during the regular season. The preseason, I don't always like to do it because the teams are not whole yet. We don't know what every team is going to look like. And especially because the Knicks could add Donovan Mitchell, right now it's hard to assess where I really see the Knicks doing things. The the season is still two months away. There's a lot still to happen. But we'll, we'll go through a couple of the quick highlights here to finish out the first half of the show. Um, the first month of the season is not easy, not easy at all. There's road games against Memphis, Milwaukee, Cleveland, Philly, Minnesota, Brooklyn, who, who knows what they're going to look like and Denver. And before that Denver game is the first game, potentially if the deal is done, uh, back for Donovan Mitchell to the jazz, if he becomes a Nick. So November 15th, it's on TNT. Take of that what you will. Uh, the Knicks are, by the way, in like six, is it 16 nationally televised games this year? They're in a bunch of them, which is great to see. It's somewhere around that. They're in a lot of, of national TV games this season. Always exciting to see that, although the rest of the league doesn't really like it. I guess no other fans like it. Well, too bad. It's New York. It's the Knicks. They still draw the ratings. They're going to be put on national television. They always have, and if they're good again, Uh, like they were two years ago, they will yet again have earned that. So we'll see. Um, Then going into the month, more into the month of November, that crazy five-game road stretch. Again, it's Utah, Denver. Then it's the Champions Golden State. Then it's the Phoenix Suns. And then it's OKC to wrap up that really ridiculous uh, five-game stretch. Then the Knicks play six of the next seven at home going into December. Christmas Day in the middle of a four-game homestand. The Knicks, actually at the end of a four-game homestand, 
Knicks Sixers MSG Christmas Day. Always love it when the Knicks play on Christmas. Did the Knicks win on Christmas last year? I, I honestly, it's such a blur. I actually don't remember. But it's always better. It's always a better Christmas when the when the Knicks put a W in the stocking, and I'm excited to see if they will be able to do that this season. Good opponent. I, I think it's it's always better to play a good team. I think on Christmas. Um, last year, Knicks beat the Hawks. That's right, 101-87 on Christmas Day. That was a beautiful sight to behold, certainly. So, it's exciting. Always good to see the Knicks uh, on Christmas Day. After you open open up your presents, you get to watch the Knicks kick off a big NBA slate. Uh, into the new year, very tough. Phoenix, San Antonio at home. Toronto on the road. Milwaukee, Indiana at home. Very difficult stretch. Our end of the month at Atlanta, at Toronto, Cleveland, at Boston, at Brooklyn. Lakers at home. I mean, that's a really difficult stretch as well. Um, February in general is a gauntlet. Philly twice. Uh, Atlanta's in there. Clippers. Uh, Boston. The Pelicans. Miami, Utah at home. A lot of difficult games in there. March, a lot of West Coast games. Sacramento, Lakers, Clippers, Portland. Home to Denver and Minnesota. Then a Florida trip. Miami, Orlando. Then Houston, Miami at home. And then the season finishes up. Cleveland away from home. Washington, Indiana away. Pelicans away. Indiana at home, April 9th. And then... God willing, we'll be talking about NBA playoff basketball for the New York Knickerbockers this season. Schedule's brutal. I, I didn't see many stretches of the schedule where I thought, oh my, like this is there for the taking. Like it is not easy for the Knicks at first glance, just kind of bouncing around the schedule. I do think that it's one of those moments where you kind of look and you go, if Donovan Mitchell's on this team, this is going to be a really interesting season. Like they're, they're going to have a lot of tests and we'll see how they do with this team intact. Without him, this is a brutal schedule. Like this is very, very difficult. And I, I do my standings every year, how the, you know, one through eight to the end, like how that all finishes in the East and the West. I, I could see the Knicks being in play in position. Like this is very or worse, like this could be very, very difficult. And the Knicks, you know, want Donovan Mitchell, but in some ways they really need him. They really need him, but they're playing this very well. You have to, you have to, you've got that, you've got the nuts, right? Poker term there, not trying to get, you know, uh, inappropriate there. When you, if you see a poker game, right? When, it, when a player has the best possible hand before the show, it's called the nuts. They have the best hand. Nobody can beat them. Stay confident in your hand. You have a full house while everyone else has a pair. Stick to it. Don't let them Im intimidate you. Get the deal done. Don't let the Jazz outprice you either. You know, they, the Jazz might bluff shove on the river. Make the call. Get it done. Win the, win the jackpot. Win the pot. Get Donovan Mitchell to the Garden. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But 
once again, the schedule is not easy. There is a lot of really rough ones, rough stretches where it's a week, a month. Like there's, I mean, the month of February in particular, there's a lot of really tough stretches. Even in November, that November was, is, is I think that's that five game road swing. The Knicks, it's a, it's a brutal swing always for the Knicks, that five game road swing. Even when the Knicks have been somewhat competitive in years past, or even when they're bad, regardless, like, they just don't do well on that stretch. It's very brutal. So, an unforgiving schedule, but it was always going to be. I mean, that, this is the great thing about the NBA, right? Not just talking about it from a Knicks perspective, but from an NBA fan's perspective. So many teams are competitive. So many teams are good, or at least look to be good. That makes the NBA interesting. And the Knicks getting into that conversation more consistently is exactly what we need as fans and what the NBA needs as a whole. They need their number one enterprise from a fan perspective, from a a market perspective, to be relevant. And the Donovan Mitchell trade reignites Knicks' hopes of being a consistent Eastern Conference contender year in and year out, even despite the fact that the rest of the East continues to get better. There are multiple title contenders in the East that are legit, and the Knicks will see all of them throughout the season. And then, of course, the West is as deep as it's ever been, and it's going to be very interesting to see how they fare moving forward. And we will, we you know, as the season gets closer, we will do this. We will have a ranking for the East. We will have a ranking for the West. We will do the standings rankings as we do year in and year out. I did a terrible job, especially with the bottom half of the East last season. Dreadful picks. The West, I did okay. West, I did okay. The East will look to make some improvements on that. Let's take a break. When we come back, the latest on James Dolan and potentially selling the Knicks? What happened there this week? And we will also talk about the latest around trade talks with the Nets involving Kyrie Irving. All that more is next on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Second half of the show, let's dive into the James Dolan stuff and what the heck happened during this week. Um, the the sell the team stuff uh, started essentially, well, first of all, context, right? The Knicks and their fans uh, don't always get along. 
right? And a lot of that is because of James Dolan, what he's done as an owner, what he has done as a person. Uh, we've actually done multiple podcasts on this, um, and most notably uh, the poor treatment in the workplace stuff that he did not handle well publicly, the ridiculous statement that was released by MSG, and just the terrible running and terrible behavior that James Dolan has had throughout his time as Nick's owner. We don't even, I should say, we haven't even mentioned uh, the way he has treated players like Charles Oakley uh, and others. So there is a lot to get to as to why Knicks fans don't like James Dolan, why, frankly, nobody really that at least has a soul uh, likes James Dolan. He is not a good person. He is not a good owner. Uh, It's not a good mix, frankly. Um, Essentially what happened is... Jonathan Boyar, who I believe is an MSG analyst, um, basically told CNBC that, and here's the quote from the interview is, quote, and this is on our website again, postingandtoasting.com. We wrote about this. Our great writing staff had this covered. Quote, we think it's likely that after that is done, James Dolan, who controls the company, will sell the team. Now, what is that after what what is done? Basically, CNBC was told by Jonathan Boyer that MSG Sports is likely to sell after the Vegas concert venue MSG Sphere is completed next year. Um, I don't really know what MSG Sphere is. Didn't really look into it. Uh, Frankly, don't really care what it is. Um, But regardless... The biggest thing to look at here is that there was a, I, it's not even really a report. It's more of an, a, a, an educated guess that James Dolan would then sell the team after that. Now, there's an update on that. And basically, our site was told in an email from Natalie Ravitz, the Senior VP of Communication and Marketing at MSG, quote, this, is, this came via an email. Quote, we have no plans to sell either of the teams. So any hopes, basically, were quickly dashed, at least publicly, that the Knicks are going to sell the team, that James Dolan is no longer going to be the Knicks owner. Um, the, this is an interesting story being coupled with the fact that uh, late on Thursday, the New York Post wrote an article entitled Sham Dunk, New York Knicks to charge $3,000 for new courtside seats. Um, Just very odd. Uh, James Dolan is rolling out this plan for quote-unquote ultra-premium courtside seats, which will sell for as much as three grand a ticket. Um, New York Post also... Quick little note. I don't know why they put a picture of Chris Tapp's Porzingis in a Nick uniform in this article. Uh, I don't get that. Um, it, I, they, they were trying to show a picture of the scores table. They have hundreds, surely, right? Hundreds or thousands of other photos they could have used. But they chose a, one of Chris Tapp's Porzingis in a Nick uniform. He's joined two other teams since that photo's been taken. So give me a break 
on that. Um, weird stuff. Weird, weird stuff. Really quickly on the 3,000, because uh, there's not much else with the James Dolan stuff to really talk about. It's probably not going to happen anytime soon. When it does, who knows? He probably will give it to a, to someone else who's not going to care about this organization. But regardless, um, they'll just see it as a moneymaker. But I do want to say that with the $3,000 seats, I, I just, it boggles my mind. And it's not just the NBA. It's not just the NBA. I, I mean, these luxury boxes at Major League Baseball stadiums, the way the NFL is starting to price out people for even regular season games, let alone playoff games and the Super Bowl. Um, and then, you know, you look at overseas. I mean, depending on the team that you're talking about, well, whether it's European soccer or whatever, I mean, tickets are just through the roof. They really are. And that doesn't even include season tickets. I, I mean, I am somebody who used to have Yankees season tickets uh, when the old stadium was still around and then when the new stadium just got underway. We're talking late 2000s, early 2010s. My family and I had season tickets to the Yankees for I think four or five straight years. And then in the middle of that 2010 decade or so, roughly around that time, we couldn't afford it anymore. It just wasn't worth the price. And that's the way sports is going. They're just pricing out the true fans and it continues and the Knicks are no different. This is, in my opinion, in my opinion, these seats should not exist at that price. They should not exist at that price. And apparently part of this, this new ultra premium package is they're opening up some prime real estate where the, I, I believe, which is why they show the scores table in the article, where the scores table is. They're trying to get even seats even closer to the action on both sides of the court just to make more money. And I, and I think it's absolutely ridiculous. It's clearly just about greed and making as much money as humanly possible because we want to. So not a fan of it. Um, anyone out there that can afford it, God bless you. But I, I really don't think it's a good thing at all for fans, for the league, maybe financially for the league, but not for the fans of the league. And that's who really matters the most here. And Leave it to James Dolan, right? Once we get a little nugget of hope that he might sell the team. Nope, he's not going to sell the team. Oh, and by the way, new courtside seats are $3,000. We'll see at the Garden. That, to me, is just classic James Dolan. So, uh, just just ridiculous. And I, I can't imagine there's going to be many people, unless there are billionaires that listen to this podcast, um, that agree with me, uh, or should say disagree with me on that. It's just absolutely appalling but it is the way sports is going it's the way society is going uh green equals greed or greed equals green it really just doesn't matter at this point uh owners organizations whatever they just want to make more money and that is really the end goal in the end it's frustrating it's very frustrating because in my opinion if i had it my way the diehards would get those seats. The season ticket holders that have paid the money, not just Spike Lee, you know, not just Jerry Ferrara, not just the celebrities, right? But the fans that have paid the money year in and year out to be season ticket holders. I think they have the right 
to those seats, in my opinion, uh, before anyone that just happens to be able to throw away $3,000 to watch the Knicks play the Hornets. So anyway, that's my two cents on it. As always, let me know what you think about this and all of the other topics. Postingandtoasting.com or at SJ7 on Twitter are the best places to reach me as always. Um, before we go, let's open it up to the broader scope in the NBA. We promised you more Kyrie talk. Let's give you more Kyrie talk. The latest with Kyrie Irving. Again, all this, a lot of this happened on Thursday. A lot of the stuff we're talking about this week happened on Thursday. The report came from NBA insider Mark Stein. Uh, the report is that Brooklyn will not trade Kyrie Irving, quote, if the deal solely brings back future assets, they apparently want win-now talent in return to part with Irving despite all of the turmoil that has engulfed the Nets for, mo- for months, end quote. My two cents on that is good luck. <laughs> good luck with that. I, I mean... Do I have to rehash why that is a very slim possibility? Do I really have to? Do we know I mean do we have to do we need a reminder who else is on this team right now? Ben Simmons? Do we need a reminder who the coach is? Inexperienced Steve Nash. Now he's done a good job, but again, you're not going there to join Pop or Steve Kerr. You're you're joining Steve Nash. And you're not going to play with KD in all likelihood. He's, he's likely out the door. The Athletic had reported on Thursday as well that LeBron James wants the Lakers to trade for Kyrie and get him back as a teammate, which is ironic because they fell out in Cleveland even after they won the title. The report from The Athletic, and I believe it was from uh, Javon uh, Buha, and I apologize if I uh, mispronounced that, James, quote, has been privately adamant that the Lakers still need to improve the current roster and trade for superstar point guard Kyrie Irving, end quote. They don't want pieces to rebuild. They want, uh, you know, players that are ready right now to go. So, very odd. And obviously, uh, the other part of the Nets turmoil, which we talked about last week, is the Kevin Durant ultimatum. Very odd, of course basically telling the Nets that you better trade me or fire Steve Nash and Sean Marks. Basically, if I'm going to stay, fire everybody is basically what he said. Although he wants to leave. So it's just, to me, that's just still, I, I, I chuckle when I hear that. Trade me. But if I don't get traded, fire everybody. Like, come on, you can't do that. It's just not going to work that way. It's give me my toy and then let me hit somebody with it. Like, it's just ridiculous from Kevin Durant to expect that. It's absolutely asinine to me to think that he's that they're just going to acquiesce to him like that. But to be fair, to be fair, right, this is also on the Nets. They've let him do whatever he wants during the pandemic, before they got him. Like, they just let him do everything. And Kyrie got the same treatment. And this is the end result. So this is a little bit on the nets for not putting their foot down at any point, it seems, during this KD Kyrie era. And it just ends up being, you know, one of those things where 
you look and you wonder what's the future of the Nets going to look like? It's bleaker and bleaker by the week. And as Mark Stein eloquently put it, it's been an off-season of turmoil for the Nets. There's really no other way of putting it. And I, I will, I, I'll say this, right? One of the... F- Actually, no. If memory serves, and I don't have time to go back and check this, so I beg your pardon on that, but the first episode of this podcast that we did, I believe it was the very first episode of this show, was the day the Knicks missed out on KD and Kyrie and they signed for the Nets. And if you had told me then, whatever it was, three or four years ago, that in August of 2022, the Nets had not been to a conference final. They've not been to an NBA finals. And the whole thing's getting blown up in four years or three or four years. I wouldn't have believed you. I, I would have I told you the Nets would have won the title. I picked the Nets to win the title last year, idiotically, despite all of their uh, poor decision-making and misfortune. And I, I, looking back, I think it was very dumb by me to think that they'd be able to figure it out with Kyrie, you know, not being able to, to play because of COVID. Although I did, to be fair, when I explained my pick, I, in my hypothetical solution for the Nets, I thought Kyrie would get the vaccine. He still has not gotten the vaccine as far as we know. So, but with all that being said, what I'm trying to say is that it's shocking how quickly it's fallen apart. However, the Nets have nobody to blame but themselves. This is all on them. They picked the wrong dance partners in the end, or maybe they, they maybe they picked the right ones. Let's say they picked the right ones, but they didn't get the respect back from their dance partner they were expecting to, and they've been twist turned around like a whirling dervish in the center of the dance floor everyone looking on holding their glasses with their jaws dropped thinking this is not going to end well and it has not it has just been an absolute train wreck turmoil galore this offseason and like i said who's gonna want to go play with ben simmons who who that would get traded back to the nets is going to be rubbing their hands together thinking, oh, now we got something. It's me and Ben Simmons. It's just not going to, it's not going to play out that way. It's not going to play out that way. And this is the other thing. The Nets, if they trade with the Lakers, remember there was a report earlier this offseason that there were brief discussions about a Westbrook for Irving trade. Is that what Brooklyn wants? Russell Westbrook and Ben Simmons together? My goodness. So, uh, to be fair, part of me thinks, good luck getting those players. But another part of me thinks, maybe you should get the youngsters, Brooklyn. Because this hasn't worked. Getting players to come there, has you've gotten them there, but they don't care about your organization. They don't. It's been embarrassing. 
I mean, go back to the Paul Pierce, Kevin Durant fiasco. That sent the Nets draft picks back 10 years. And they won one playoff series. Now they try it with KD and Kyrie. And at least these are guys in their prime. KD and Paul Pierce were past it. And they've won, right? One, two, maybe playoff series. If you count the play-in, maybe it's two or three. Nothing's been accomplished. The Nets haven't won anything. And it's blown up right in their face, completely shattered in front of them here. And that's where they stand. I mean, again, it's it's a wild f- full circle moment for me and the podcast because that was the first big news point that we talked about on this show was the original signing of Katie and Kyrie and how big of a blow it was for the Knicks at the time. And then what the Knicks had to do to get Nerlens Noel and Julius Randle and picking up the pieces as they always have had to do of late. And again, I'll say it one more time. That's why the Donovan Mitchell deal is so important. As the Nets fall apart, the Knicks rise. I mean, how huge could that potentially be for this Knicks organization to take the Big Apple back finally? Oh, it would be absolutely huge. Really paramount to the future of New York basketball if the Knicks can do it. Because the Nets the Nets could... could reverse time and bring Michael Jordan back when he's 28 or 27, they're not going to have a fan base that's big enough. It just, it's not going to happen. If Katie and Kyrie couldn't do it, nobody is going to be able to do it. You know, Brooklyn is not the right place for whatever reason. It just isn't good enough. The fans, again, when the playoffs come around, they show up sometimes, but it's just not, I, it seems like to me from the outside, this cannot have been the plan when they first moved to Brooklyn, that it was going to go like this. It just hasn't worked. And maybe it is the method trying to continue to just get big free agents that don't either want to be there or work with who is with them. And B team players, and I'm really, you know, putting that more on KD and Kyrie than I am Paul Pierce and KG. Paul Pierce and KG gave it their all. They just were past it. (laughs) They just didn't have anything left. And Paul Pierce had some good moments, but nothing relevant deep in the playoffs because they weren't good enough as a team. It's just one of those weird, wild circumstances. And it's just another absolute collapse from this Nets organization and I wonder I really wonder should they just go to the draft get the young draft picks get young talent and build something from the bottom up instead of trying to just put band-aids over a flesh wound it really has not worked for them and it'll be fascinating to see what's next it really is wild and frankly in some ways unprecedented how this has not worked for Brooklyn and I'll end with this if they're looking for someone to blame look in the mirror that's gonna do it for this week's episode of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast 
Thank you all so much, as always, for listening. I apologize for my voice. I apologize for being a little all over the place this week. A lot going on with work. Hopefully things will settle down a little bit next week. But like I said, we don't miss a show. You guys don't miss a show. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Keep reading our articles on postingandtoasting.com as well. I'm at SJ7 on Twitter if you want to chat about the Knicks, NBA, or whatever. Hit me up there as always, and I will see you all next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network.